Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast. My name is Carly and I am honored to host you here today in our beautiful corner of our abundant universe. Today, I am back with another interview. Today, I interviewed Rich Lewis and me and Rich spoke about a type of practice called centering prayer or centering meditation. This practice allows you to open up the doors through which you can connect deeper with your true self and the God essence within you. Rich and I discuss what connecting to the true self can add to our amazing life experience, as well as advice for what to do if we have a hard time focusing on the silence during meditation. So beautiful soul, if you are ready to connect deeper with your true self, that amazing God essence within you, and how you can more establish that connection through focusing on the silence, get cozy and listen up. Are you ready? Let's go create. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back or welcome to my podcast. Today, we have Rich with us. Rich is a practitioner of silent prayer, more commonly known as the centering prayer. It is a form of meditation all about entering the silence, and many people describe it as life transforming. Today, Rich is going to share how this form of meditation has changed his life and how we can all benefit from this incredible practice. So welcome, Rich. I'm excited to have you here with us today. Um, so before we dive deep into centering prayer and meditation and how we can tap into it in order to enhance our lives, why don't you just introduce yourself to my listeners and just share how you discovered this form of meditation? Sure. No, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Rich Lewis. I have a website called silenceteaches.com. It's about five years old and really is devoted to mostly to centering prayer and teaching people what it is, as well as people that are already practicing, you know, helping them go deeper in their practice and think more about their practice and reflect on their practice. Um, and how I discovered centering prayer, uh, I discovered it, I, I guess I'd always been attracted to silence, but I didn't know what to do in the silence. But I discovered centering prayer by accident, but maybe it really wasn't an accident. In late 2013, I was perusing Amazon looking for a book to read, and I came across a book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. And I began reading the Kindle version of the book. And in the book, he talked about a practice called centering prayer, a silent, wordless meditation type of prayer that he had been doing. And that immediately interested me because I was interested in doing that. I just didn't know how to do it in the silence. So I, I began back and forth email dialogue with him. I began reading other books on centering prayer. And I, and I began practicing centering prayer twice a day where I wanted to take advantage of the transforming and healing powers of the prayer. It's God. You're opening to God during this prayer. So what exactly is centering prayer and how does it differ from, you know, traditional meditative practices, which also emphasize being silent and trying to quiet the mind? 
So centering prayer is considered meditation, but it's also considered a, a relationship with God. So that's where it, be, it differs from meditation is where it's considered silent, wordless meditation, where we're opening to the presence and actions of God within, and we're letting God act in us um, beyond our words, our thoughts, our images. Maybe a sh quick, quick history of centering prayer. It's been around since the early 1970s. It was actually created by three Trappist monks. So three Catholic priests in the early 70s saw that there was a, a lot of other forms of meditation happening, and they wanted something more for the Christian community. So one of the priests, William Manager, was reading uh, The Cloud of Unknowing, which is a 14th century classic book. And as he read it, Kind of a method of silent, wordless prayer kind of jumped out of the off the pages to him as he read it. And he and the other two priests began kind of putting together centering prayer and, and how it worked. They began teaching other clergy, they began teaching lay people. And then about 10 years later in 1984, created the Contemplative Outreach Organization, which really is the main center in prayer organizations. They have a site called contemplativeoutreach.org. And if you go there, you'll find a ton of resources on centering prayer. And you can find groups that practice all throughout the US, as well as internationally in many countries worldwide. So that's a little bit of the history of centering prayer and how it's considered different than just meditation. It's really fostering a relationship with God um, during this silent sit, because we believe we're opening to the presence and actions of God within. Interesting, because the way you describe centering prayer, that's actually how I've always um, interpreted meditation is um, allowing us ourselves to get quiet because, you know, like, like it says in the Bible, God dwells within and that's how we tap into God within. Um, so yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Makes sense. And many people, I guess the, some people say meditation, a silent prayer, or they'll call it exactly that. Some people think think of meditation exactly as, as you're thinking of it with God. Other people will say, no, 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 meditation is purely sitting quietly. It's, it's not prayer and God are not part of it. You talk to different people and some will say exactly what you're saying and others would say no. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's because just because as society, there's often this stigma behind the word God in general and how people interpret God. So the word prayer is associated with religion. So I can see how people like, even though sometimes forms of prayer is essentially meditation, I can see how for certain people, it's just, they keep it very separate. But it's very interesting because I, I always had the idea that all religions at the core are all saying the same thing and they all stem from the same root. And it's interesting because this is how you can kind of prove that like prayer versus meditation and how things just translate throughout society. So how do you practice um, centering prayer? To begin centering prayer, you sit comfortably with your eyes closed and to begin your time, your silent sit, you introduce interiorly as, as what we call a sacred word. So it's usually one or two syllables, uh, love, ocean, God, Jesus, trust. You can, you can pick a word. And then that just signifies that you're sitting and you're opening to the presence of God within. And then as you're sitting there with your eyes closed, when you engage your thoughts, and what I mean by that is when you begin thinking about all the things you were doing before you sat, or when you begin thinking about the errands you're going to run or the need to do list you have after your sit, you, you begin to realize you're now engaging your thoughts and you're not really sitting with God in the present moment, you're sitting with yourself and, and you're planning and plotting. So then you reintroduce that word 
to come back to the present moment and the purpose of your sit of sitting with God and let go of your engaged thoughts and then let go of the word as well. So it's not used as a mantra. You just use it when you need it to come back to the purpose of your sit of sitting with God. And you don't have to use a word. Like if you're more of an auditory person, you might use a word. I'm actually more of a visual person. So I have an interior image that I picture to come back to. Some people are more physical people. They use their breath. And then lastly, some people are afraid they'll fall asleep if they close their eyes. So they keep their eyes open and really just stare at a spot in the, in, uh, maybe on the ground four or five feet to keep them honed in and focused on, on the present moment. But that's how you do it. And you just use that sacred method, I'll call it, whenever needed. Sometimes you naturally bring yourself back. Other times you realize, there I go again, and use your method to come back to the present moment. And you do that when needed for as long as you're sitting, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. That's awesome. So I can see how for some people it might differ from meditation in that aspect, because meditation tells you to focus on like silencing your thoughts, quiet your mind. And I have often heard like just focusing on your breathing. But like you said, when the thoughts come in, sometimes if your focus gets lost, a lot of people tend to beat up on themselves like, oh, I'm getting distracted. I'm not paying attention. So I feel like for some, if the breath, focusing on the breath itself can be distracting. So I like the idea of just having that one word or even that picture that you can just say or see and then just allow yourself to get back um, into that silence. And there's other practices, like there's a practice called Christian meditation that uses a mantra and you're repeating it the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it's just another way of, I guess, different way of letting go of your thoughts and staying in the present moment where you're really using a mantra interiorly over and over again during however long you're sitting there. Centering prayer is just a little bit different. It's not a mantra. You're just using the word or the image to come back to the present moment, letting go of that. So everybody, I guess, it's best just to try and find a practice that works well for you and then, and then you know, dig deep in that well to see where it takes you. So I've taught centering prayer to some people and they said, I really need more of a mantra. And they do that and they're like, that works better for me. And, and I say, great. I mean, you, it's best just to find the contemplative practice that works well for you. Yeah, yeah. That was going to be my question because some people find it very hard to be silent. So is there anything else that you would suggest for those people who find it hard to bring themselves back into that present moment in order to allow that connection? Well, one would be, I guess, if you're using a sacred word, but you realize you're a visual person, maybe you switch it over to an image and suddenly it works better for you, which is what I did. Or perhaps, or if you started with an image and realize you're more of an auditory person, then you switch it over you know, to the, the other direction from image to word. And then I, mean, I know a few people that keep their eyes open the whole time and, and they're really just focusing on a spot. They find it works better for them if their eyes are open. So some of it might be maybe you need to pick the method that makes the most sense for you. And then the other thing is, you know, once you have the method down and you're still struggling, you know, start with baby steps. So try it for a month, make it the first thing you do in the morning as you, before you do anything else, and, and even just make it from one to five minutes and try it for 30 days and see how it goes. And then after that, increase the time. So don't jump right to 20 minutes, for example, and say, I can't do this. Don't try 20 minutes. Start slow, take baby steps, and slowly work your way up. I just 
love and I want all the listeners to understand because sometimes meditation tends to be that thing in spirituality that people find a hard time connecting to or being able to establish a practice. So it's incredible that there are so many different ways, you know, you can try the centering prayer or meditation and focus on a word, focus on an image, or if you're, if you need to keep your eyes open, understanding that just you focusing and allowing yourself to be present is in itself a form of meditation. Because I know sometimes people put meditation in a box that it has to be a particular way. So it's incredible. We have all these different tools. And like you mentioned, just picking something, if that doesn't work, continue down the list. Because essentially, I truly believe like, you know, the point of meditation is to get us back to that, that God essence. And that's who we are at the core. So <laughs> There, that's why there's so many different ways to connect to it because it's a natural way of becoming. Right. And, and also, you know, you can do it seated, but some people have back problems or neck problems. You can lie down and do it. And some people perhaps have attention deficit disorder or, or just really racing, faster racing minds than other people. You can do it while you're walking. I mean, obviously you'd want to do it with your eyes open, but you can go on a walk and do set, you know, do centering prayer while you're walking with your eyes open. So you can be flexible with how you do it. I love it. So what is the true self? Um, I saw that you mentioned it on your page. So to you, what exactly is the true self and how does centering or silent prayer meditation help us connect to that true self? Sure. Your true self is the person God wants you to be. Like if you think about centering prayer, we're, we're letting go. You know, we feed ourselves tons of thoughts, whether they're um, fear, anxiety, worry, or lack of confidence, or even just telling yourself things that I don't want to try that. I'm too young, or I'm too, I don't have enough experience, or I'm too old. Someone younger should do it, or, or this is the wrong time. We tell ourselves all kinds of things, and, and that stops us from doing what we should be doing. Because centering prayer really, you know, we kind of let go of who we are not so we can become who we are, our true self, the person we should be, the actions that God wants us to even just take that day. So it helps you let go of who you are not, including a lot of harmful thoughts we tell ourselves that really aren't true. We're just feeding ourselves these thoughts. And then you can hone in and focus on what it is you should be doing and are excited about but are afraid to do or, or perhaps aren't as confident enough in your abilities, but really you do have the right skill set. So your true self is really the person God wants you to be and the action God, actions God wants you to take. And sometimes you're just afraid to do them. So practice like centering prayer helps you let go of all kinds of thoughts and emotions so that what's left is maybe the action you should be taking. And, and then you just, you, you take it. Awesome. So beside connecting to the true self, what other benefits are there to centering meditation? If you think about it, it's a safe place to let go of thoughts that you know you have. It's a safe place to let go of repressed thoughts that just come up every time you sit that you didn't know you had. And then at the same time, every time you sit, your body holds a ton of tension, whether it's in your neck or your forehead or, or your stomach, and you're releasing the tension in your body. So if you think about centering prayer and coming back to your sits on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, annually, years, you're, you're letting go of thoughts, you're letting go of repressed thoughts, you're releasing tension in your body, and you're just, you're not meant to carry around all of this baggage in your body and, your, and in your mind. You're, you're letting go of a ton of emotional intention of, of a 
lifetime. So it heals you. It's, it's really true freeing. It's, it's freeing. You know, you're connecting to your true self and you're also letting go of all of this baggage. It, it just happened. I guess you probably feel a lighter person as you continue to, to practice. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love that because I feel like it also, because sometimes people don't realize the limiting beliefs or thoughts that they have. And so when we do allow ourselves to get silent, that's when those things can come up. And I'm a big believer of you don't need to go looking for problems. If they exist, they can make, they'll make themselves known one way or another, whether like coming up during this practice or just what's going on in your day-to-day life. But um, I also like how, you know, this practice and just meditation in general really helps us realize the thoughts that we have and the thoughts that we hold and also take our power back in realizing we are in our thoughts because what that true essence within us that we're connecting to while we're doing these practices, that's who we really are. That silent inner knowing and allowing that power to flow through us to, like you mentioned, inspire us to take action and um, give us the courage to realize things that you know, could be the next step for us. Even when we realize like we are in our thoughts, it's like, well, where do they come from? So I feel like when you really allow yourself to be silent and then you just get that download or that thought and it's not you, you know, going through your day, what are you going to do next? That's how you're able to differentiate between your thoughts and your true self trying to connect and communicate those things to you. No, and, and, and it's great because the letting go we do in Centering Prayer follows us. So we let go of all the things we tell ourselves and then hone in and focus on, well, what what actions can I take? How can I react to the situation? Like even for COVID, you know, it started well over two years ago. This type of practice can help you you know, let go of what you can't control and hone in and focus on what you can. You know, you don't want to spend all your time focusing on the unknowns or, or the scary things or the things that maybe even you're feeding yourself that aren't true, but focus on, all right, well, now what do I do? We're, you know, if you look back two years ago, we're in this pandemic. This is what they're telling me. This is what they're telling me, how I need to protect myself. So you can, instead of worrying and being anxious, you can let go of that and then say, okay, now how, what do I need to be doing because of the pandemic that, that I'm in? So that's really what happens during, with anything when, as life brings you different challenges, you can let go of the things that aren't going to help you and then, and then react accordingly to well, what should, what's the next step? What's the best action to take because of the situation that I'm in? And I love that because then it also shows you that, you know, you're not in this alone and there always is some type of path for you to take. What have you realized or gotten led to through your centering practices? How has it changed your life? Well, some of it, I'll talk about two things. One are just kind of the fruits of the practice. And and, uh, and it's not really the practice. It's God is gracing me with these gifts um, because I'm opening myself to God in the silence. So as I think about pre-centering prayer, then post-centering prayer, um, I continue to be blessed. I'm a much more confident person. I'm more willing to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things new things. I'm more excited to live life. And maybe that's because I kind of let go of what the present moment doesn't require of me and try to hone in and focus on, you know, what the present moment requires of me. I think I'm less reactive. I'm I'm more willing to listen to people, give them the space they need and not react because sometimes they just want to be listened to. They don't necessarily want me to weigh an opinion. 
and, and I'm more willing to be open to new ideas from people rather than just thinking, eh, that's wrong. I don't agree with it. I'm, I'm more open to be like, why don't I listen to what this person has to say? I might learn something or there might be something there for me to learn that I can take from this. So just be in the, in the discussion. So it's blessed me with a lot of um, those kinds of fruits. And then the practice itself really has opened up things I'm doing on my radar so that were never on my radar screen prior to Centering Prayer. So the idea of having a website was never on my radar screen. So I created Silence Teaches five years ago to really hone in on Centering Prayer and, and share it and how it's healed and transformed me. You can do the same for others. Began coaching people one-on-one and teaching it in, in the community, whether it's small groups or large groups, the book that was never that I published in August of 2020 was never on the on the radar screen. So all of these things were not on the radar screen. Speaking, teaching, jumping on podcasts, writing a book, coaching—none of that was even on on the radar screen. And center centering prayer opened up those paths to say, "Here's some things you should be doing." And I'm excited to see well, what else, like in, in another year or two years, what other things should I be doing as a result of you know, opening to the presence and actions of God? What else should I be sharing with as many people as I can? That's incredible. And I love how it just starts with being open. Because, you know, we, we have free will here and that's that's part of it. Having the conscious decision to be open to this connection and allowing these things to flow. So like I mentioned before, when you do get silent in meditation, sometimes those thoughts that seem to be random, they just come and then you're able to process them. I know it's different for everyone. So for you personally, how do you differentiate between guidance that you're getting? Because I know some people, an image will flash in front of their eyes. Like for example, like starting the website or getting a book. Or maybe they'll just get the thought, oh, maybe I should write a book about this. Or maybe they'll hear it in a different voice. So I'm, I'm always curious to know how different people experience it. So for you personally, when you're in your practice, how does it translate for you that you are getting a direct message from that God essence? So during the practice, I'm letting go of everything. It's really outside of the practice. I'm paying attention to kind of inner nudges. And then I'm a big believer in affirmation. So I write, I write down single, about, I have about 10 or so single sentence statements, and I'll call them my true self affirmations, things that I think I should be doing, whether it's related to my website, uh, whether it's related to my family or, or health or mental health or, or finances, I have them kind of a single sentence statement written down. And what I like to do is I, I read them before my centering prayer sits and let them go to God and, and let them, I'll say, brew with God. And then outside of my centering prayer practice, I'm kind of reviewing them and they stay if I, you know, if I have a sense of inner calm and peace about them, if there's an excitement about them, as long as they don't harm me or harm others, I keep them. So I'm always reading them, bringing them to God and making sure, you know, there's the inner peace, the inner, they're calm the calmness about them. They're not harming me or harming others. And even if they scare me and are out of my comfort zone, that doesn't mean they come off. It means they probably should should stay on. So I call that my true self barometer. But I guess I always like to give them to God and say, God, this is what I think, but I'm going to give them to you and I'm going to do my silent sit. I'm just going to keep bringing them to you and keep making sure these are things together we should be working on. I don't want to come with my plans if, if maybe you have other plans. So here they are, but while I'm sitting here, speak to me internally, you know, with if 
something new needs to happen or if one of them or two of them don't make sense and, and should come off the list, so to speak. I like that because oftentimes, well, two things. Sometimes people don't know what they want. So I feel like if there is something that you think that you want to, where you choose to create for yourself or bring to life through your being, I, I feel like if you're not sure about it, that could be a nice way to say the affirmation and then just kind of let it go, be go into the silence and see how you feel about it after. And I also like the essence of being able to let go of the affirmations. Cause even if you've decided this is something that you really want to do, sometimes we focus too much on like drilling in the affirmation and, or the practice itself. And we sometimes give our power to the affirmation and not realize it's that energy that's flowing through us, which is going to actually make the affirmation come to life. So I like how you're not obsessively just doing the affirmations just to do them, but you allow yourself to present them, be at peace with them, and then just let them go into the silence. I think that's something that could be very powerful because sometimes we, again, hyper-focus on the things that we want. And even if it's something that is meant for us and God's decided that it's something that we should, that should be expressed through us. If we're focused so much on the actual thing that we want to create, we sometimes don't hear the guidance that's actually leading us to where we want to be. And we're thinking like, oh, this stuff doesn't work. Where's God when you need him? And, you know, they're there all the time, just communicating with us. That's a different way to practice affirmations that I think could be very powerful. And, and in some cases, things with Center in Prayer, which is you're just opening to the present moment and what it has to mm-hmm. offer, some things just naturally come to me and, and I'm not seeking them, but because I'm open to them. So some of the things I've done, they weren't even affirmations. They came my way. And then I thought, yeah, I should do them. You know, I was asked to contribute a chapter to a book with a bunch of other people that will publish this year. And they just wanted me to write it, you know, the power of silence and write it, you know, one chapter on that as, as part of a book that will be published. So I wasn't looking for that. That just came to me and I did it and I wasn't seeking. It just mm-hmm. came to me. And I think it's because I was just open to not only my affirmations, but, but open to what else might come along that that I should be doing. Another thing in January, this past January, I, I was invited to speak at a, a, it was a centering prayer summit. It was over two days. It had 10 speakers. And I was asked to, to give a talk at, at this summit. And it turned out there was about f- over 400 people in attendance. So I, I had done a lot of speaking, just, you know, just small, small groups and, and some were 75 to hundred, but I never spoke to 400 people, but that opportunity came my way just because I was connecting with other people. And one person had read my book, he was running this summit and he thought I should be part of the speaker lineup. So that, so that was a neat opportunity because some of the folks that were speaking were years and years ahead of me and many books ahead of me. And I was kind of humbled to be even asked, was just open to it. I got asked, it scared me, but I I thought I got to say yes. So yeah. I, I did it. A neat experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's Thanks. incredible. I love it because it just makes life just fun. You know, right. it's you like you get to decide the things that you choose to create for yourself while being open and realizing that you're a multidimensional being. And these things are just meant to flow through you. Like these things can't exist unless you know, they flow through us. And I I feel like it's such a beautiful way to look at life of just having the things you want to create, but then just being open 
and just kind of having this attitude of just knowing that you're not alone and knowing things are meant to go your way. You add value to others as they add value to you. No, it is. And some of it's just collaboration. It's not a competition. There's there's 7 billion people on the planet, so we can help each other. I, I love that because I 100% agree. Sometimes people have like this shortage consciousness that if I need to be successful. If I want to be successful, that means this person can't succeed. Just really understanding how we really are all connected. Like you say, there's 7 billion of us and we're all connected to this beautiful conscious energy that's flowing through all of us. And it brings us together for these types of situations and scenarios. And it's because, you know, we're so diverse, even though we're all connected through this energy. So being able to realize that there is no competition there. Everyone can succeed. That's a beautiful way to allow us to really get our message out there. Some people think they might have to put down someone in order to rise to the top, but in essence, being open and respectful of others and supporting each other, that's what actually add the most value. You can't live in the world alone. Every, everybody helps each other out. With the centering exercise, I know like with any practice, like you mentioned, it's good to start off with like five minutes at a time and then you work up from there. But if you are someone who may be a little more seasoned with meditation, how do you practice centering meditation in your day-to-day life? So I practice it twice a day. First thing in the morning when I wake up and I take a 20 minute sit. And then I also practice it as as take a second sit usually before lunch. So for people, I guess, more seasoned, I I would definitely recommend two sits. First sit really helps start the day. It's it's kind of like a reset button, grounds me and, and opens me up to God first thing in the morning. And then the second sit is really like a reset button. I need to stop. I need to take a break. I need to reconnect with God, refill, refill the tank so that I can finish the second half of the day, hopefully as well as the first half of the day was. So I would definitely recommend two sits a day of 20 minutes. And then actually, even now I actually take three sets. I just shorten the set, the sit two and three. So perhaps they're 10 minutes each. So I'll do a second sit at like one o'clock and then I'll do another sit at like three o'clock because I'm finding I need I need more interior silence to help me get through kind of the busy, chaotic days that I'm facing right now. And what also came up to me while you were talking about that was even when maybe especially the days where you feel like you don't have time and life is very hectic and you feel very stressful, it might be more beneficial to carve out that 10 minutes to sit and give yourself some silence before continuing what you're doing. Cause it is possible that, you know, you're busy, you're busy, you're busy, but if you can maybe stop for those five minutes and it might even help alleviate some stress for whatever it is that you're doing, and you might even be able to do it even better. So that's something that came up to me while you were talking um, about adding that third sit. And it's like, you can find even if it seems like you don't have enough time, and I understand there are deadlines and everything, you have to give yourself time to use the bathroom, for example, like you're, you wouldn't fathom not using the bathroom because you're so busy. So like, even if it's just five minutes, I feel like that might even be even more beneficial, especially when you feel yourself in that anxious energy, it might help you come back to center and even finish out whatever you were starting even stronger. Right. I mean, and I tell people it has a way of giving you back time. You just have to trust it. So no matter how busy you are, 
Some people say, I can't do the second sit. I can do the first one. I can't do the second one. I'm too busy. And I say, just, just try it. It has a way of giving you back time um, because the letting go you do and, and the slowing down you do in your contemplative practice comes with you outside of your practice. So you, it helps you, you know, let go of what you don't need to do so you can hone in and focus on what you do need to do. So I found it has a way of giving me back time and making me very productive the second half of the day. And I'm always you know, pleased when I look back you know, in the evening at, at what I got done and how productive I was. And I, and I know it's because I stopped and took that second sit of, of 10 minutes versus if I didn't, I, I think I would be doing the second half of the day in panic mode and I'm just not gonna be productive. So it, it, it has a way of giving you back time, but you won't know that until you try it. I, I love that element of trust, trusting in yourself, trusting in that connection. Also feel like that's a big thing because when it comes to these practices, sometimes people don't trust themselves to know if they're doing it right or they think it's supposed to happen in certain ways that it happens for other people. So it's like you mentioned, just being open and trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting whatever insights you might get after just going for it, even if it wasn't something that was planned. And even like you've demonstrated with the things that you've, you know, followed that just came to you. That's where a lot of the magic can really lie. And who knows, one of your I am affirmations can very well be fulfilled through just doing those extra random things that may have come and then just following them. Who knows who's going to lead to what? The trust and being open is, I feel like, where what allows the true um, essence of the magic to be experienced. Right. No, makes makes perfect sense. And it, it happens. You just have to just try it for yourself and, and see what happens. Incredible. So I am going to have all of your information in the show notes, but... Before we end, do you have any last minute advice or anything you want to share with my listeners of how they can maybe begin a practice or connect with you further? The best place to find me is silenceteaches.com. If they come, they'll find my, I have a free ebook on Centering Prayer. So if they want to learn more about this practice, they can get my free ebook off my site. Um, but then what I would just encourage people to do is just try, try it, try it for 30 days make it the first thing you do in the morning, make it one to five minutes and try it for 30 days and, and see how it goes and, and see if this type of practice resonates with you. So that's what I would encourage people to do is just take a one to five minute daily dose of silence and, and do it first thing in the morning for 30 days and see, see what happens. Yeah. And like you mentioned, there's multiple ways to do the practice and multiple ways to bring yourself back if you do feel like your thoughts are running so highly recommend for anyone because I've known meditation has changed my life so whatever works and resonates with you just follow that path and just go with it welcome back beautiful soul I hope that episode resonated with you and you learned some tips on how you can deepen your meditative practice in order to establish that connection with your true essence before you go, I just want to quickly remind you, if you are interested in deepening your manifestation practices with your very own personalized manifestation tools, guided meditations, self-concept rampages of appreciations, affirmations, or subliminals made specifically for you in regard to whatever it is that you are manifesting, check out the show notes so you can sign up to connect with me one-on-one -on -one so we can create tools very specific to you and what you are 
manifesting using very specific words, phrases, and music, whatever it is which will allow you to tap into and unleash that amazing power within you. Also, don't forget to sign up on the landing page for Soul Tribe, the social and dating app that I am creating for the spiritual community, which will allow us to connect with friends and love interests both locally and all over the world, all while deepening connection with self and amplifying manifestations. Soul Tribe is going to be an amazing platform all about conscious connection and creation, bringing together beautiful souls with similar interests within the realm of manifestation, law of attraction, law of assumption, and spirituality. Also, if you are interested in advertising your high vibe product, service, or business within Soul Tribe, be sure to fill out the form on the landing page so you can advertise your business, product, or service among beautiful souls who are interested in the amazing things that you have to offer. Until next time, beautiful souls, be kind, be well, happy manifesting. You are abundant within an abundant universe. All that you choose to create already exists for you right now. I am rooting for you, I love you, and I cannot wait to hear all of the amazing and incredible things you easily and effortlessly manifest. Until next time, I'm sending you all peace, love, and high vibes. Bye!